Our gracious Lord, we just ask that you open up your word found in the Bible, that we may understand the words found in the book of Micah. May your Holy Spirit open us up to your leading and your guiding. May your Holy Spirit guide the words and my thoughts today. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Now, we've been looking in the book of Micah, which is an Old Testament book. Uh, it's a, one of the minor prophets, which means that it's shorter in length. It doesn't, not that what Micah is saying is not particularly important. It's important. It just means the book's shorter, it, roughly under seven chapters, seven chapters in length. That's the only reason it's called a minor prophet. It's not because they dig holes in the ground or anything like that. Look, at least somebody got that joke. So I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad somebody got the joke. I'm going to keep on going until people laugh, you realise. There we go. Okay, that's better. <laughs> I'm glad people have laughed now. So, which, but, you know, the, the, the thing is that so often when we, when we read in the Bible, we often go, oh, let's just leave it back in the time and that's what it was. And, but it actually means it's what we find in the Bible is actually very personal messages for us. So our first week of the series, we had a look at the question, what does the Lord, what does God require of me? And that's a very personal question. But it's also a question that we ask of our community, what does God require of us to do? Last week, Eric uh, looked at what does it mean to act justly? See, within Micah, in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, it says, what does the Lord require of you, every one of us, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God? And this week, we're going to be focusing on what does it mean to love mercy? What does it mean for us to love mercy? Well, what is mercy? That's the first kind of question you need to ask yourself whenever we hear a message like this. What, you know, define it. What is mercy? Anybody got an idea what mercy really is? I'm getting nods. Anybody willing to yell it out? No? When you deserve punishment and you get let off. So it's, 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 you're deserving of something, uh, punishment as you said, and you're let off. So there's an act of mercy. Um, sometimes we, in, you know, if we're talking New Testament terms, we often call that grace, don't we? So it's loving mercy is to, to let somebody off for an act that they may have done. Any other idea of, of mercy that we have here? Anybody willing to throw into the mix? Okay, here we go. So mercy is actually... It's actually an incredibly important, integral concept of understanding of God's dealing with us, each and every one of us. So, so when we translate mercy from the Old Testament um, into English, we often get terms such as to be merciful, to have mercy upon, to show mercy towards. Notice how all of this is an, is an active thing. It's not a passive thing. It's actually doing... So that what we're doing is we're, we're, God is showing mercy towards us. 
Mercy actually describes one of those integral qualities of God and one of those qualities that God requires of us as well. See, the noun mercy actually denotes... Doesn't denote sound good? Sounds like we're very intelligent when I say that. But, you know, the, the, the noun mercy actually means compassion and love. It doesn't just mean I have feelings and emotions about things. It actually means that I'm going to show another individual compassion. I'm actually going to show another individual love. See, mercy is expressed in very tangible ways. It, mercy is never an ideology. It's not just not thinking. It's actually a physical act. Last week, Eric talked about to act justly. That, that doesn't mean that you, you think about doing the right thing. It actually means getting down and doing the right thing. To love mercy means to actually get down and display compassion and love to those around us. Now, when we were defining mercy, we didn't talk about the way that um, really if we start to understand mercy from the New Testament point of view, it is really about that grace and that love and that compassion for others. Whereas the Old Testament, it really has a real basis in the covenant that God has with the people. Now, the covenant, now we're going into a whole lot of words here. The covenant is the promise that God has with people, with his people. A binding and everlasting promise that God makes towards the people. And we'll notice that there are a couple of covenants that God has made throughout the Bible in the Old Testament. And we have an incredibly important one in the new one. The first of this is, you know, the first covenant that we'll note is, is God's covenant with Noah. When we look at the Bible, and, and, and his covenant was not to destroy the world again by flood. And that was made with Noah. God said, I will not. And that's God's mercy in action, isn't it? Even though the world deserves punishment, God says, I will not. The act of mercy towards there. God has more covenants with, with his people. God has a covenant with Abraham to bless the descendants and to make them a special people. He has a, the mosaic. So in other words, the, the covenant with the people of Israel, the people who Moses led out of Egypt, slavery in Egypt. And he gave them the Ten Commandments. And you, this covenant that God has is about how do I show mercy? How does God show his gracious love and compassion to his people? And how do, how do we as the people live within that compassion and that love? God also has a covenant with David that David's descendants will be, David and his descendants will be rulers of the kingdom. And we actually get Jesus as being the lineage of David. And he is actually the ruler of the kingdom that we are coming to wait for. And the, the, the really big covenant that we talk about is the new covenant we have in Christ. The new covenant we have in Jesus Christ, who is death and resurrection. God's mercy in action. See, when we come into the New Testament, we start seeing the Greek understanding of mercy, which is compassion or to show pity to somebody who is downtrodden, to have sympathy for 
So often when we think about mercy, it's more in that pity and sympathy kind of mode rather than the covenant that God has with his people, that God is going to look after and care for them. Even though we may not be able to measure up to God's standard, we may not be able to measure up to God's standard, he is going to be there for us. So the, the way you defined it earlier is that really that very Old Testament way of defining mercy, isn't it? That there is a punishment but that punishment is forgiven to show mercy. And that's the covenantal relationship that we have. See, in the time of Micah, there was actually quite a whole lot of corruption in that time. And Micah wants us to understand how to love mercy in this time of corruption. See, Mike has been said that he's, he's the prophet of the poor and the oppressed. In other words, Mike is there to tell people to stand up for those who are less fortunate than you. Stand up for those that don't have enough to eat. Stand up for those that are being downtrodden by those who are in power. He, he denounces the corruption that is found in Jerusalem. He denounces the corruption found in the political and spiritual leaders of the time. His message to proclaim was said in incredibly passionate ways. Passionate ways to attack the social evils of the day. See, the thing, I think the thing is that when we start to read this and not just leave it in the Old Testament, back in the time of Micah, we need to actually bring it here for ourselves as well, is that we get comfortable with patterns of behaviour within our society. We get comfortable with the way that we behave. And at times, we actually do not live up to the standard that God has for us. So we need to be challenged. In Micah's day, the the religious practices, they had shifted from actually focusing on God. I think it's really interesting because it says in Micah 3, chapter 11, so just going back a little bit and what we're going to look at in just a moment, is that the leaders of, of the people, they judge for a bribe. In other words, if you want a verdict within a case between two individuals, if you gave the judge money, you would get your ver verdict. Now, is that just? Is that right? It's not. Is that showing mercy to those who need care and support? Is that showing compassion and sympathy for those that have been downtrodden by the powerful? The powerful are going, oh, I've done something wrong. Here, have some money, judge in my favour. Or it might be, and it says that the priests teach for a price and the prophets tell fortunes for money. That's really, really hard, isn't it? Because that really comes back to us, us religious leaders. Are we just saying the stuff to keep us employed by those who are powerful around us? Are we just saying the things that will make people happy the whole time? 
or are we speaking the truth of God within the people's lives? And sometimes that's going to hurt. Sometimes that actually requires us to stand up and make a statement for those that cannot. See, what was happening was the poor were being stripped of their money and property in this time. And Michael could see war looming. Fighting was commonplace. Violence was the normal for the day. And here is where Micah prophesies, tells of God's plan of the future, therefore the people. And I want to share with you from Micah 4, verse uh, 3 and 5, just of a future, of, of some mercy that will be there. But very specific of, of that time. He will judge between... Where we go? Micah, Micah, Micah 4, verse 3. He will judge between many peoples and will settle disputes for strong nations far and wide. They will beat their saws into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations will not take up sword against nation, nor will they train for war anymore. Everyone will sit under their own vine, under their own fig tree, and no one will make them afraid, for the Lord Almighty has spoken. All the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but we walk in the name of the Lord God, Lord our God forever and ever. Now we'll just go back and just, just have a look at this. Where is mercy being shown here? Mercy is being shown when, when people are no longer fighting but helping one another. God is going to institute this. And so often we go, well, why doesn't God stop Wars happening. Why doesn't God stop people fighting? And we've heard from great leaders in the time that unless we stand up and do something and name it for ourselves, then evil will continue to exist. We need to, as people, stand up and claim this and say what is right and what is wrong. And when we do it from God's leading and God's teaching, then we start to find people will change. We will no longer make weapons of war, but we will make articles of peace. And that's what he's saying. We're not going to look to fighting one another. God is going to bring peace upon the world. And he also goes on and gives gives a promise to those who are who are downtrodden who who their fields are being taken away they don't have money and it's a promise that everyone will be able to have enough it's equitable it's fair for everybody we'll all sit under our own fig tree with our own vine and no one will make them afraid because we're not going to try to take things away from one another I think within our time, the thing is that I think corporations have learned how to take things from people unfairly and just continue to take and take because we have to have the profit bottom line. We see things in the Banking Royal Commission. We see things in, in institutions where we should be standing up and saying, this is not right. It's important for us to do that. 
And Micah goes on, and all the nations may walk in the name of the gods, but what will happen? Those who follow in God's way, we will walk in the name of our Lord God forever and ever. So even in this time, people will be going and doing their own things, but you need to stand fast and hold to the true nature of God and continue to walk in God's path. Because one of the things is that mercy is the foundation of God's covenant with us. God's active activity towards us is the mercy. It's freeing us from slavery. It's freeing the captivity by nations. It's freeing the captivity of things that trap us individually. God's foundation of mercy is freedom. So when, when God freed in that, you know, I was talking about the covenant in, with Moses. God was freeing the people of Israel from the tyranny and heartache of captivity in Egypt. It was the freeing of those people, freeing of the nation. God does that individually for us as well. God releases us from the captivity of those things that trap us in our lives. We should never read Micah as a historical document only. We also shouldn't just read it as a future tense or a present tense. We should read it together. It is in the past, it is in now, but it is also in the future. See, Micah looked for God's revelation in towards the future. And it gives us kind of like a shadowy outline and understanding where that's going. But it's an important prophecy for us to hear. It's an important message for us to understand. We should never lose hope because the promise of God is always there. But see, the thing is that as Micah was preaching this, the promise of God fell on ears that didn't want to hear it. People didn't want to hear this message because they were so attuned to hearing the message of corruption, so attuned to hearing the message of, of being downtrodden, so attuned to the message of those who would give good news for the sake of money. It's almost like seeing that, you know, somebody who's unwell from a very preventable disease, it's just a lifestyle disease. And somebody goes, oh no, that's okay. You just keep on doing what you're doing and you'll be okay. Rather than standing up, no, you have to change your behavior because the thing you are doing is killing you. We need to be willing to stand up and state the changes that need to be made with our lives, with those around us, with our society. God is continuing to gather the people of, of Jacob in the time of Micah, and God is continuing to gather the people of the world to him today. See, the thing is for us, we're actually to love mercy as it is the, is the way, the very nature of God. We're to love mercy as it's the very nature of God. It's important for us to actually understand that the mercy that God displays to his people is actually intrinsic to who God is. 
and this is where it brings me to the second reading I want us to hear from, from Micah. From Micah chapter 5, verse, verses um, 2 through to 4. And this is the prophecy about the Messiah, about Jesus Christ being born in Bethlehem. You know how in the very first week of this I said Michael would actually prophesied that, that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem? This is the prophecy of it. So let me put it up on the screen for you to see and understand why this is so important for us here and now. But you, Bethlehem, Ephraim, though you are small through the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. So this is, this is prophesying that the Messiah, Jesus Christ, will come from Bethlehem. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. Can you hear this? And the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. A son is going to be born in Bethlehem, who is going to be the ruler of the people, of all people. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely for all of his greatness, will reach to the ends of the earth. A prophecy of the greatness of Jesus Christ reaching to all of the ends of the earth. How wonderful is that? That Jesus Christ is going to be born as a child in Bethlehem and will lead his people, will shepherd his people, will gather them together as the flock and strengthen them and, and claim the majesty of the name of our Lord God. And this will go out into all of the world. How great is that? that we are to do this. See, this is the promise of the Messiah. This is the covenantal promise that is found here that Jesus Christ is going to come and you're going to have the mercy of God upon there because you know what? You know that great passage that we have in John 3, 16? For God so loved the world, that's to show mercy. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. This is an... A statement of mercy. There's a statement of grace. See, mercy is the foundation of our salvation. Mercy is God's act in Jesus Christ giving us salvation. Ultimately, the mercy of God is demonstrated in all the acts of Jesus Christ upon the cross and resurrection, through the life that he led, through the healings that he did, through the Holy Spirit coming to us right now. These merciful, saving acts of Jesus. See, see, we talk about the act of Jesus dying for our sin is grace. That is mercy. That's God's very foundation, understanding of who he is, the very nature. Even though we do not deserve it, God is giving us the way to get back in relationship with him. Mercy is the foundation, is the keystone of our salvation because it is God's mercy for us. And it's executed through Jesus' life, through his death and through his resurrection. The call to love mercy found in Micah for us is the call to love Jesus Christ. To love mercy is to love Jesus. So do you love the mercy of God? Are you willing to say, yes, I love the mercy of God because I love Jesus Christ? 
To love mercy is to love Jesus. To love mercy is to live as Jesus. To love mercy is to have that compassion and love of Jesus Christ that he gave his own life for those who would believe in him. So let us just pray to go so that we may know the mercy and love of God in our life found in Jesus Christ. So let's just pray. Our Lord God, we just ask today that if there are anybody here that does not know the mercy of God yet, the mercy of God found through the covenants of old, but the mercy of God found in Jesus Christ. Lord, may we know that mercy today. May we ask, Lord, I want that for me. Show me the way. Forgive my sins because I have sinned. And Lord, accept us and guide us and make us whole and new. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Amen.